Hello, everybody. Howdy. This is Trevor and Ted from We Need to Talk About What's Kevin. Uh, we've got a very special season premiere coming up for you in just a minute with a special guest. We just wanted to let you know that... But season finale, right? What did I say? Premiere. Okay, let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Let's keep rolling. We've, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've, yeah. We've got a very special season finale coming up for you. We abruptly are taking kind of a hiatus due to some unforeseen circumstances but we will be back pretty soon we just wanted to uh, let you know that if you are a patreon subscriber you've got nothing to worry about for as long as we're on hiatus i will be making sure that the billing cycles are suspended so you'll still have access to all of the patreon content and you won't be getting charged for it at all until the hiatus is over I'll also probably be occasionally dropping a you know a, bon- a bonus uh, content here and there on the Patreon, so you'll uh, you know you'll get basically get that stuff for free. Anyone who does sign up for the Patreon in the meantime will just be charged the one time, and from there they won't be automatically charged for as long as the billing cycles are paused. Just wanted to make sure that's clear. All that stuff is still up on Patreon.com, of course, including uh, anything else that we post in the meantime. And don't worry, because we need to talk about Kevin. We'll be back very soon. Should we tease what we're going to come back with? Uh, Yeah, we can tease it if you want to tease it. Yeah. Uh, So so I think... Wait, maybe I'm wrong about this. I think uh, our, our next sort of venture is going to be... Um, delving into comics, and uh, of course, for the main feed, it'll be the Kev comics. But then we'll we'll get to uh, read stuff that doesn't suck ass mm-hmm. uh, on the pr- Patreon feed. So yeah. if you want to, if you want to hear some, us, you want to support some stuff us. that does, because you know, Kev- oh yeah, certainly. <laughs> Kevin's not the only one who sucks out there. You know, there's other <laughs> shitty yeah, stuff to talk about. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little too hopeful. <laughs> um, no, 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 we'll definitely yeah, we'll definitely talk about some good stuff, but you know. We'll we'll have some special guests coming on, uh, some returning guests. I think I don't know if I should. None of this is nailed down, so maybe yeah, I should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's enough of a tease. You're teasing too hard. All right, all right, all right. right. I'm sorry. Look. So that's coming as soon as we're back for hiatus. Uh, and before I let you guys go, I just wanna uh, express my gratitude for my good buddy Ted here. Aww. For as long as Aww. for as long as we've been doing this, he's been taking time out of his incredibly busy schedule. You know, he's, he's a full-time professional <laughs> podcast man, and he's doing ex- taking his work home with him, actually, doing extra podcasting work out of the goodness of his heart, and I really appreciate him. I love you, Ted. I wish you all the best. Oh, I love you too, buddy. I actually did just get my first, like, official full-time position offered to me. I've been working wow. full-time for uh, basically since the pandemic started, either doing two jobs or just the one, but... They offered me health insurance, which is pretty exciting. Um, I'm gonna go to the doctor, get like a Wolverine surgery, cool metal claws, wow. stuff like that. Amazing. Uh, Ted is but- moving up in the world, uh, <laughs> but but I am still gainfully unemployed. So expect to hear more from me over the hiatus, and uh, we will be back with Comic Book Month very soon. Now, enjoy the show. Ted and Trevor's secret stash. That's well. That's the name of the yeah. But I'm saying enjoy the show, like the show they're. Well, well, yeah. But that's like another little tease. Yeah. Okay. We're (laughs) We're done. We're done teasing. Now enjoy the show.
Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, a podcast about everything involving Kevin Smith. I'm Ted. Trevor here. Uh, And special guest this week, none other than Jesse Farrar, host of Your Kickstarter Sucks of Good Morning, Good Morning on Stitcher Premium. That's right, folks, a premium podcast. Whoever thought of such a thing. Uh, How's it going, Jesse? Hey guys, Uh, going pretty well. Thanks for uh, having me on and... um... And and having me watch another movie this month, I'm I'm sort of I'm up to my asshole in movies that suck uh, this month. So this was good to throw another one on the old pile there. That's right. You're currently doing Jessuary on YKS, which I really appreciate. It was very vindicating for me to hear you stand up for Godzilla, King of the Monsters, despite all the pushback that you received. Yeah, that wasn't. I think it's a pretty cool movie. I don't know what everyone's problem is. <laughs> That's not a popular opinion at all. And. I mean, you know, sometimes I will, I think like everybody who has sort of a little streak in them, you know, I will say things that I will say things that I know are going to get a rise out of people, um, occasionally, you know, it's a funny joke to do sometimes, but, but, it, but this one I sincerely do like, like, I really do like, I mean, I like all of them for certain reasons, but, but King of the Monsters is one I have watched many times and will continue to watch, uh, for the rest of my life until I'm in the ground. I, I think it's good. You know, I think it's scary. I think it's funny. Um, I think it's poignant at times. I I really do believe it's a great movie and I, and I don't and people say like here's here's what I always hear. I don't know what you hear about what people don't like about it. What what people tell me is the like the characters are annoying, the jokes yeah, are dumb. It's like, "Well, what do you mean the characters are annoying? Either I I just don't understand like they, they can't it cannot just be the monsters at all times, but there's a lot where it is just the monsters. Like you yeah. still do they can't talk. Like you do have to have people who talk <laughs> occasionally, right? I don't understand what the beef is. I like seeing uh Godzilla rip uh King Ghidorah's heads off with his mouth. I think yeah. that's really cool stuff to see. And even if Bradley Whitford says some lame jokes, you know, I can get over that because really I'm there for the monsters. He does suck though. He does suck. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> King of, that that was the second recent Godzilla, right? Yeah, King of the Monsters was. Okay. Yes, and yeah, like now we're full speed into the entire monster verse. Not monster verse, but what what is it? What do what do we want to? It is it is monster verse actually. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you so are you are you excited for Godzilla vs Kong? I know I am. Well, I'll tell you what. I who, who you got? You a Godzilla guy or a Kong man? Well, you know, I am I am a Godzilla guy. I I don't I'm coming to this thinking the way that I think a lot of people are, which is, well, Godzilla is clearly more powerful, so there's going to be something that happens in this movie that that evens the odds a little bit. It has to. Um so I'm a, I have a little bit of trepidation about that, but he, here's what I think is going to happen with this movie. And this is this is exclusive. This is exclusive to this show. I've not Oh. I've not said Pretty this good. anywhere else. Okay, this is what I think is going to happen. I think this movie is going to be the third Star Trek of the Godzilla Kong franchise. And and what I mean by that is it's going to be the one that everyone agrees is the best one except me. And I'm going to say, 
<laughs> I don't like this one as much. Um, You're, are you are you more of a Wrath of Khan guy? Yes, and I'm. And to be clear, for people who don't know my taste in movies, I'm not talking about the ones from the 70s through the 90s or wherever those came. In. I'm talking about the J.J. Abrams movies. Those are the only oh, ones I have oh, an opinion oh. on. <laughs> so I mean, I mean to say that the the ones with the uh, Chris Pine in them, I. I don't like the third one of that the most. That's the one that everyone likes. Which one do you like? The second I, one? I like the Cumberbatch one. I think that one's really good. I was I was almost on board with you, but now you've kind of <laughs> lost me. <laughs> I think when I went and saw the third one in theaters, it stopped like twenty minutes from the end, mm. and I they like so they offer you you know like oh come back and see it anytime for free. You're like, I don't nah, know if anybody. I'm, nah, I'm good. I don't know if. I didn't. I certainly didn't. I don't know if anybody in the theater yes. was going to come back and see that movie. Bad vibes I, in there. I thought that movie was fine, but if it were missing 20 minutes, I'd probably say, yeah, I'm good. I, right. I, got, I got it. I got the point. <laughs> yeah, but people really like it, though. I don't know. People who like Star people who actually care about Star Trek, which I don't, are like, oh, yeah, the third one where Simon Pegg really took, he took the reins. That's like... That's like more of an actual Star <laughs> Trek episode to me. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. I don't care about that at all. Well, yeah, it's more like a Star Trek episode, but consequentially, it's less like a movie. So yes. why am I watching it? <laughs> right. There's a lot of Star Trek episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's Like true. hundreds of them. <laughs> so since we're talking about Jesse movies, uh, today we all watched Live for Your Die Hard. Is this, would you consider yes. this kind of a Jesse movie? Or is it not quite uh, stupid enough to qualify? Yeah, that's that's a totally valid question. And it's something I was thinking of uh, while I was watching it because I'm an egomaniac. And I, why would I? It's <laughs> like a very stupid way to be approaching a movie. Um, but I did. Um, I was thinking that. And, and the truth is, I don't really know because I do. I mean, just to not to skip ahead altogether, but I, I think it is fine. I think it is. In, it's an it's an action movie. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that all action movies qualify as a Jesse movie because like you like you said one crucial factor is that it has to be somewhat stupid. Um, and this has some stupid elements to it, but I almost think and and maybe you'll agree with this. I almost think a lot of the stupidity just has to do with the time that has transpired yeah. since the movie came out, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of a cop just like not knowing what a computer is, I think is still real because like, I, I don't know, cops now are, sure. are still stupid. Sure. But I, Bruce Willis is supposed to be like super cop, right? So yeah. a, fi a 50 year, a 50 year old New York detective. I think they probably still don't know what a computer is. I think that's completely not. realistic. But a movie, a movie detective should be a little like more on the ball, not like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know? the, the stuff that was a little weird to me was like, why is the FBI asking the NYPD to pick up someone from New Jersey and drive them to DC? Like they have their own guys out there. <laughs> like that 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 was a little stretched uh, credulity for me a little bit. And also a lot of the hacking stuff seems like it wouldn't really happen. But I mean, but that's movie. It's movie hacking. Right. Did did we say what movie we watched? I said um, I said I the title a moment okay. ago, but you can say it too. <laughs> So we watched Live Free or Die Hard, um, which has a, a, a medium-sized part played by yeah, uh, Kevin a, Smith. A little in it. cameo. Jesse, what's your history with K Kevin Smith? Do you have any feelings about him or his movies? Yeah, I uh, I guess I would qualify as not a fan of Kevin's. Um, good. That's about good. that's about right. Yeah, I think I think everybody of our age. 
um, or a lot of people of our age anyway, were, you know, we were going to see those movies in theaters or, or renting them at Blockbuster or whatever after the fact. So I've seen, let's see, I guess I've seen the stupid ones, but not the ones that people care about. So I've seen Mallrats. I've seen... Those are also stupid. <laughs> sure, right. But the, I, the ones that are bad. supposed to be good are pretty much just as bad. In fact, I know people <laughs> who say Mallrats is like the, like the best one. Which I don't agree with, but it's really not much worse than the ones that are supposed to be good. Truly. That's, yeah, that's really hard for me to imagine. Although, my understanding is that Clerks is in black and white. So, it is, it is in black and white. For which budget makes reasons. It, which, not yeah, for which any makes good it reason. like a, a fancy, like indie movie, of course. Yeah, I think I would rather watch a piece of shit in color if I can. If, like if that's the binary choice that I have, I would rather watch the one where I can see like the full range of colors. But I so you know I've I've seen Mallrats, I've seen Dogma probably a couple of times. Um, I've seen I know I saw Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, probably one time only. And then let's see what else there's there's the Clerks one and two I've not seen. Uh, Tusk. What was it? Tusk. What is that? Yeah, I, the doubt that. I doubt he's seen. T- no, that's that's the one that people who like when I talk to they're like, oh, I haven't seen a Kevin Smith movie. I'm like, have you seen Tusk? They're like, oh, yeah, no, but I might just be the people. I, I don't, don't know, know anyone who's is. seen Tusk, nor nor should they. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know that one. Um, But but I don't I you know, I don't I don't I don't I don't think he's very good. And I don't no, think he's, he's uh... not. There's, there's, I don't know if you guys have talked about this, but uh, one thing I, I do occasionally go on YouTube and, and just listen to clips of The Best Show uh, with Tom Sharpling, which is very funny. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. He has a very funny Kevin Smith uh, rant that he goes on where he talks about how he, and maybe you guys find yourselves on this path, um, he started... Uh, watching it, um, watching his stuff as a joke, and it was terrible, and then it just got worse and worse and worse, but to the point that he was watching, like, director's commentary tracks with the movies and stuff, and, like, enjoying them in a very perverse way, despite, you know, how bad they are. Oh, I don't think I've gotten to the point of actually enjoying no. anything. <laughs> it's more like a, it's more like a dark obsession. It's like it's yeah. a staring into the abyss, the abyss stares back kind of situation for us. Mine is more like being dragged into uh, Trevor's dark obsession. Yeah, here. Okay. it's really painful and well, not be, a good time. To be for fair, me. we were both originally dragged into it. We That's have a, true. had That's another true. co-host that bailed on us. It was all her <laughs> idea, and now we're kind of stuck with it. Oh no. Generally, uh, when we've watched movies that Kevin just acts in a little bit, we've always found that he's better at just being a bit player in a movie than he is yeah. at making his own movie. And this was actually probably one of his better performances. I would say, yeah, because he, yeah. He's pre- pretty funny as the like super nerdy like hacker friend, and he gets all mad that Justin Long brought a cop to his uh, place. Like, you know, that's funny stuff. He does a decent job. I... This is what I thought about this. I and this is this is weird, but to me, he's he's essentially playing himself. He's got um, a crazy kind nerdy. Of. Yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe an exaggeration or a strange interpolation of how he actually is. But he's got this man cave. He's got the little comic books. I mean, he's a nerd. He's playing the broadest conception yeah. of a nerd that you can put onto film uh, in 2007, and he's. He's so he's doing a little bit of his own thing in there, and yet to me, he is by far the worst person on screen at that time. 
and oh, sure. I, and I don't think he's even believable as as himself, which is insane to me because the whole time I'm watching it, I'm going, "Oh, that's Kevin Smith," but Kevin Smith is the least famous guy there. So if Justin <laughs> Long can pretend to be like 18 years old in this movie, which is how he fucking acts the whole time, and if if Bruce Willis can pretend to be this, you know, I, I mean, a character that he's granted lived in for a very long time, but is obviously not how he actually is. If they <laughs> if they can turn that kind of performance in, and yet the whole time I'm thinking, that's Kevin Smith, that's Kevin Smith, that's Kevin Smith, I feel like he's really letting me down when all he has to do is just sort of be like a generic fat guy. Like, he's not even capable of doing that, you know? So he did do rewrites to the scene that he's in. Oh, he um, did. And whenever yeah. that happens, yeah. So whenever I sort of... When he the Star Wars bit that sort of like I don't know tripped my trigger a little bit so I looked mm. it up and he did do rewrites and so I think he is just being like he's just being Kevin Smith because he wrote that and I don't know if it was because he was lazy or because he truly cannot do anything else I, I'm sort of on the fence on that one but uh, yeah that was an unfortunate I think reality yeah, he, of that he, part he of the does suck uh, he's not good at anything really but um <laughs> I, I think maybe compare this um, to his directing it's my much, my much expectations for him are set so low and whenever he's about to come on screen i kind of tense up because i think i'm about to feel bad but then <laughs> in this particular instance it was like okay that was that wasn't bad for him <laughs> yeah these, so these... i guess i was slightly different but you're probably right that he was very bad well, the, why don't you talk about the Star Wars bit a little bit? Because this this stood out for... I watched this with my wife. Uh, she came in about 10 minutes into the movie. And then my seven-year-old snuggled up with us at a certain point and began watching as well. And it's not appropriate for seven-year-olds. Uh, but she didn't get the vast majority of what was going on, including this Star Wars gag, which I just at a certain point I just had to go... You're right. It's not funny. Um, and just like, <laughs> I just have to say, like, just give up, you know. Before we get into that, how would you feel about this for a ten-year-old? Is that fine? You think? Because that's when I what? saw it for the first time. Oh yeah. Okay. I thought that... you had like a ten-year-old friend. You were about <laughs> no, no, no. I, I saw this too. in theaters with my dad actually when I was ten, and I remember a couple parts from it, but I hadn't seen it since. I then. don't. Um... Look, I, I, the when it comes to screening movies for your kids, it is a highly personal thing, and I, and I, and that is that sounds like a cop out, but the the reality is, is that in a in a, in a, in some ways we have my wife and I were talking about this last night. We have turned into the parents that we said that we were not going to be before we were parents, um, which happens a lot, I think. So I'm giving myself a pass, uh, but that is to say that for us. When something violent happens on the screen, we are not as perturbed as when something sexual happens on the screen. And I used to not, I used to chalk that up entirely to like American puritanism, like, oh, you know, they're just, they're so afraid of sex in America. I mean, you know, sex is natural and violence is actually the unnatural thing that's, that kids should have to, you know, confront later in life, uh, whereas they should grow up believing sex is this beautiful thing, whatever. And, 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 I, and I actually have turned around on this a little bit because I can tell my kid when... For instance, Maggie Q gets kicked off of the SUV and falls down the elevator shaft and explodes. I can all I have to do is say, 
that's actually just computers. She is on like a big soft pillow uh, right now. That's a camera <laughs> trick. It's not real at all. Um, or when a bullet like rips open an FBI agent's chest, I can say they actually are not even shooting anything at all. It's coming out of the guy's chest. It's not going into the guy's chest. And the kid goes, oh, okay, that's cool. It's totally fake. I get it. Whereas when they ask me what is sex, I have to go, oh, that is, I mean, it's real, you know. <laughs> also I'm, done by computers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you can be like that, you know, that's not real. They're not really uh, doing, oh, yeah. I guess there's there's still some knowledge they need to ex- even explain why it's not real. So Yeah, there's there's like a whole, like, there's like a whole folder of stuff I have to explain for that where, you know, whereas with violence, it's. It's, it's just so easy to chalk it up. Like, they watch Jurassic Park, and I'm like, dinosaurs don't exist, so don't worry about any of this crap. Like, this is all fake. It makes no difference whatsoever. And that's, like, such an easier thing to tell a kid, you know? Your kid goes to school, and one of their, like, you know, more exposed friends is, like, ta- telling them about sex. They're like, oh, wow, you probably still believe in Santa, too, don't you? Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. And all of their friends are like that. All of their friends will do that to them at some point, you know? So I don't know. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, but that's just how we do it, so... Yeah. I think it's fine. Who knows? Uh, to to address the topic uh, Jesse brought up, the Star Wars uh, joke was bad, um, right? It's like he's got a Boba yes. Fett uh, standee there, and he's like, oh, you're a big Fett fan? And Bruce is like, oh, no, I don't, I'm not into Star Trek or something like that, right? No, he says, I'm more of a Star Wars guy, and right. then Kevin does the Kevin face. Yeah, oh, Kevin, you know, you know Kevin pitched that joke because John McClane, even, like, insincerely, John McClane should not be saying, I'm more of a Star Wars guy. That's not the kind of sentence that the diehard man should even be thinking to say. It's, I guess, I guess it's sort of played, I mean, I think I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to make it seem like John McClane, even when he's out of his element, he's got enough brains to sort of, to find the corners of the room a little bit and say, okay, how do I, how am I going to twerk this guy just a little? How am I going to get under this guy's skin? You know, cause he can do it with the most hardened cyber criminal or just uh, some nerd in his basement. He always knows the weaknesses of the guy. And to pretend (laughs) that Boba Fett was not from Star Wars is exactly what he needed to do in that moment or whatever. (laughs) Just the chess match continues. And I just think that's like maybe overthinking it a little bit. Yeah, it would have been nice to play this Kevin Smith hacker character a little more seriously, not giving Mm. him all the stereotypical nerd things like, He's some kind of super hacker, which means he's a super nerd, which means he's into Star Wars. And they already did that with Justin Long when you first meet his character, because he's got the like spawn action uh, action figure that that John McClane ruins. And it's like, okay, we kind of did this scene already. We don't need to go back to that well. He can just be this because he's supposed to be this very serious hacker who's paranoid about the police. You know, that doesn't need to be a guy who loves, uh, you know, Superman also it can that cannot be a part of his character but because it's Kevin Smith he has to bring in that element because it's the only thing he knows how to write jokes about right I I think maybe the Kevin Smith character works better off screen actually if it's someone yeah. they're calling and getting information mm. from um and then maybe you also can kill him off um oh because... that would be great i'd love to see that oh yeah that would be fun right um but <laughs> but they don't do that because this is a pg-13 movie which if you've not seen it or if you haven't seen it in a while may surprise you being the fourth diehard um right 
So, and you know, they introduce you to his mom. So that's the way they elevate the nerd character a little bit, I think, is they say he still lives at home with his mom. So that's sort of a, that they pick that up, but they, they don't want to kill the, the mom. Classic, classic <laughs> grown up nerd situation. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> benefit of the doubt, it was 15 years ago, but still, I, I thought that was a bit much, but I, but I do think it maybe works better if he's completely off screen because why wouldn't, why, why are we meant to believe that? Uh, Timothy Oliphant's character, who is named uh, fucking, I don't, I don't know what his name is. Do you guys know Gabriel? I think they call him something. Yeah, Thomas Gabriel. Yes. Okay. So, why are we meant to believe that he wouldn't just blow up Kevin Smith's house? I mean, they establish that he can pretty much blow up whatever he wants remotely. Well, I think. Well, I think that uh, I got the impression that they had snuck it, even though it's a little improbable. I think that they had snuck in to each of those hackers' houses and planted bombs on their computers because yes. in Justin Long's house, you could clearly see it. Because at first, right, I thought yeah. that's what it was. I thought they were using hacking to remotely detonate their computers, which makes no sense. Right. You did see a bomb at Justin Long's place, so they must no, have that's true. snuck into it. Oh, I guess he could just send a drone to blow him up. He can send a drone. He can send a helicopter to eviscerate his apartment building. He he can fucking he can send all of the gas from the East Coast. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He yeah. blew up a, 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 a trans whatever that I don't know whatever the facility is the unnamed facility where all of the power comes from. He could easily do that, but instead, what he does is he hacks his D Link webcam. <laughs> you know and. That part was really funny. When it when it spins to be around, fair, like... he uh, wants to twist the knife a little with John McClane first because he doesn't just want to kill him. He wants to like torment sure. him by fucking with his daughter. So I guess he thought that would be a really cool and villainous thing to force him to watch him do the phone call with his daughter. Uh, right. To like let him know that he's about to kidnap and torture her and stuff. Yeah, but no firewall on that. No VPN. His name comes up immediately attached to his IP address. Not even a little sticker over the webcam. That was because no even like yeah. I, I mean it's been years, but ten years after that, even like teen girls were just you know putting a little yeah. piece of tape. And this over is the warlock. Webcam, so. This is a digital Jedi, yeah. which is also something I think Kevin wrote into the movie. Oh God! <laughs> well, but but Timothy Oliphant is supposed to be. Even above, if if Warlock sure. is a digital Jedi, then he is, of course, the digital Sith the digital Lord. Digital Sith, yeah. right? Yeah, there you go. He, right? Because I can't believe the, he didn't say he that. A, oh God! I am sure Kevin tried to pitch something like that, and they're like, "All right, calm down. Right, Just right. take it it's easy. Like that's not part of your scene. Fuck off." Yeah, uh, no. he uh, he's he's absurdly powerful, even for a guy who's hacked every fucking mainframe in the country, because he also has like. <laughs> A hundred guys working for him, which yeah. I don't know how he got the startup capital to pay all those guys. Maybe he promised them. Well, hacking. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess he could have, you know, robbed some banks over the computer before he pulled the big plan off. Um, yeah, I guess it's not really worth picking apart stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, he's an, <laughs> they're both extremely powerful hackers. So I guess maybe you just drop the pretense. They can both hack each other yeah. whenever they want. Um, now, Jesse, you're a dad. Uh, did the uh, fa father-daughter relationship arc uh, resonate with you at all? Did that stir up any kind of fatherly emotions? I mean, there's really, there's nothing going on there at all to me. No. It's just, uh... 
I don't know if you notice in the beginning she's calling him John, his uh, Christian yeah. name. But then yeah. uh, as the, as the plot progresses, she starts saying "dad" to the point that at the end, the resolution, she's even calling him "daddy." So that kind of shows the emotional arc of their, uh, you know, their strained relationship. That's that's just good <laughs> screenwriting. Boy, it sucked. Uh, that part really <laughs> sucked. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it was not interesting to me. It was not interesting to me. I'll say this. It was not interesting to me to check in on John McClane 10 years later. That is not like that's not a hook that even I don't think it's I think it's a total non-starter for me because the other diehards, I think, work extremely well as a trilogy. I I they're not my favorite. I mean, they are my favorite Christmas movies, but, but they're, they're not. not <laughs> those are not the movies I'm going to the mat over. Right. Like, I don't love them that much, but I think they're pretty good and I think they work well. As this trilogy, um, you they they occur at generally the same amount of time. They almost seem sort of locked in amber a little bit. Um, as I'm just guessing, the third one came out before 9/11, but I'm fairly sure. Oh, well, this one did, so of course it did. Uh, no, no, this one didn't. Sorry, Sorry it this was is just... this is the the first, the post 9/11 diehard. Right, yeah. right, right. And they and they actually write that into the script as well. Uh, after 9/11, mm, we yeah. started downloading all of our financial data onto hard drives. Um, I don't know if that really passes the smell test as anything that makes any kind of sense. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I think all of those work really well as like, oh, this was the previous generation of things that would possibly have happened. Um. And now that they move it, you know, 10 years into the future, okay, he's even older and more grizzled. I don't know that I need to see <laughs> him that much more grizzled. He was fairly grizzled in the third one. So I don't know if I, oh, in his. It, it honestly seems like he could have been retired by now. Well, and it's not clear. They don't, I, they don't make a big deal out of it, which is maybe the one thing they don't beat you over the head with as far as the plot goes. But he, he is, I guess, sort of. He put himself out to pasture a little bit and became just a general patrol guy, even though he was that before, too, and just happened to find himself into these bizarre circumstances, right? Like, he, he was just a normal cop. I mean, he wasn't a uniform cop, I guess. He was a detective still, but yeah. he just he just happened to be in three of the craziest things that have ever happened on Earth, uh, like in a five-year period. And then ten years went by, and he was normal. And then, and then one crazy thing happened again. And then, I guess, wh however many there were after this, two or three more movies after this, there was another spate of crazy things. And he just happened to be in the right place because he was like spying on his daughter. Uh, yeah. yeah. For like going for going on a date with a boy. <laughs> Which is it, it's fairly that's actually a fairly nasty. Dads always hate that. It's it's a pretty nasty undertone to this movie, and I think this aside from the technology and the choice of music for the hacker which is the band flyleaf which had that one song um which actually kind of rocks a little cool. bit i think um yeah. th that part like was kind of cool part. yeah i don't know what happened to them might look that lead singer up and see what she's doing um but the 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 daddy daughter thing is not just it doesn't just fall flat but it is also fairly nasty the overprotective uh aspect of his personality that I think if you watch the movie carefully, I think ages it worse than the extremely loud keyboards and beeping and booping and CD drives mm -hmm. and all that other stuff because the movie is legitimately fairly misogynistic. Um, I don't think you have... I'm not saying you have to analyze all the Die Hard movies from that point of view, 
But there was a lot of stuff in here, which again, I was watching with my wife and daughter. I was like, damn, there's like a lot of shit where they talk about like, oh, you're a freaking Asian hooker or whatever. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, like this sucks. This is like really nasty to talk about. Even in the original Die Hard, his wife, his sort of estranged wife, is shown to be fairly competent and she kind yeah. of uses her wits to uh, help. And I guess the version we get of that is just... Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead gets on the, the walkie-talkie with him and says, there's five left, Dad. And that's, like, her big contribution. Right. But, uh, yeah. Not as formidable a character as uh, her mom is in the first Die Hard. No, no. W women are hated in this movie. Um, all of the women are pawns, and you're meant to really <laughs> dislike all of them for getting caught, um, for being too tough, for being too weak. Like, there's no... He's not run across a woman that he respects in any capacity, um, and it and it really shows. Like he's he's a fair he's he's actually more difficult to root for in this movie, I find, than in the other movies. Um, yeah, and I and I think that's actually that's actually of note because in the world that we live in now, where it has become clear to more people than ever before that cops do suck ass. Um, coming out with this movie and watching it through that lens, you know. It is it is difficult to start from square one saying I hope the cop wins, um, but you do kind of I mean they force you to do that a little bit um, in this movie because of how black and white sort of the objectives are for each side. But he's such a dick and so like so lucky to the point of not even not being good at all, just being totally lucky with the way that I mean there's the scene where he's like. There's like a, a, a free running guy, a parkour guy who's like flipping around and like doing all this crazy stuff and lands on a, uh, a gate from a chain link fence and falls onto the front of uh, Bruce Willis's car, John McClane's car, as he's driving it. And he reaches for his gun to blow McClane away. And just at that exact moment, a dumpster is sticking out from an alley and the edge of the, the pole on the gate catches the dumpster in such a way that it launches the parkour guy like a fucking catapult and he goes flying and I just there's just it's just luck it's like it's the most insane luck he's not even doing he's not doing anything and he says <laughs> after that yeah I saw it I did it no you didn't you didn't do anything <laughs> yeah he is a real asshole. one thing that I thought was yeah. pretty funny about this movie is that the guy who like takes a gunshot the best is Justin Long because there's that end scene. He gets shot in the kneecap and he's like, no, uh, don't hurt the girl. And then John McClane gets like, you know, grazed in the shoulder and he collapses on the ground like crying. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant's character gets shot through John McClane's shoulder and like flies back 40 feet <laughs> into a car or something. That was pretty cool. Um, uh, and, and, you know, Justin Long, like little nerdy hacker character is like, yeah, doesn't bother me. Yeah, he gets he gets morphined up there at the end and is like fairly. He has the heart of a hero, you know. To ha ha hacking uh, <laughs> takes a strong will and a firm resolve, and uh, you got to be yeah. prepared for anything, you know. Yeah, and he's such a young kid in this movie. You know, he's only twenty fucking nine when they filmed it. He, <laughs> that's what blew me away. I could not stand that. You know, that sucks so bad to see that he was 29 when they filmed this movie and he's like, all right, kid, you're with me. I'm like, he's like grown, man. He's like that. He's like really close to like social security. Can you shut up? Shut the fuck up. This is insane. 
how how old is Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character supposed to be? Because in, in real college. life, she's like 24. She's my age. Okay. So why is she making out with a guy in her car? Just tell your roommate to fuck uh, off. Yeah, That's I, I don't know. I They've got like... a, sometimes you have difficult dorm mates. It can be tricky. Maybe she's still a freshman and it's uncomfortable. Who knows? Yeah, you don't understand what it was Weird. like back then. You know, it was, it was different. <laughs> it was different for us back then. <laughs> I did. I did look up how old she was because I was like, "Oh, she's really hot in this." But I was like, "Well, maybe I'm just remembering being a child and right. seeing this and being like, oh, damn, a girl.'" No, no, she's she's okay age, to so say that. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Look, no, you're you're a al- you're allowed to notice that she's attractive. She looks yeah. she looks great in every movie. Um, That's true. She's super and hot. She has an incredible repertoire of looks that she deploys in every. I mean, I guess Scott Pilgrim being the most notable one for that reason, yeah. but. I mean, she, but she has good a good look in uh, Cloverfield Lane. Ten Cloverfield yeah, and I just Lane, watched I that recently as well. Now that's a Jesse movie that I really, really enjoy, um, and she's great in it. I love that movie. Yeah, she's terrific. Now, I I truly love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I think I think she is she she is not as like we said she doesn't have much to do in this movie at all other than just kind of be a little snarky and take a couple of slaps. Um, but, yeah, she gets slapped around quite a bit. But because of how annoying every other character is, I like her the most. Um, and she, she she is sort of the best at doing this very limited thing because, like I said, Bruce Willis is so craggly that it's just it's it's very old for me. Justin Long, I think I did like him in this in spite of himself. Um, I don't. I mean, some of the stuff where he's like, hand me that PDA. I'm going to connect to the satellite comm links. Oh, no, all the satellite comm links are down. And, like, you know, I'm kind of rolling my eyes a little bit at that. But he's fun, you know. I guess he got this because of the Mac versus PC commercials. Does that sound like approximately the same amount of time? It was. Because I I remember that at the time that this movie came out, we all knew him as the Mac guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Interestingly, in this movie, he's clearly not a Mac guy. I mean, a pro hacker isn't going to be using a Mac, so... That's a little incongruous, actually. Against type, yeah. He now look. The, I will say the 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 technology stuff is is aged poorly, but I do think there's some pretty good stuff in here from Justin Long specifically about. Um, I guess in real life he would be a libertarian, but you can. You can feel free to analyze it from a socialist perspective. Some of the stuff he says yeah. in this movie, and not just this year does it look even better and more prophetic than ever, but truly this past week, a lot of the stuff yeah. that he said in this movie makes him look like a total fucking genius. Um, I I wrote down a couple of things. He so he has this rant about uh, the corporate owned media when they've uh, hijacked a car and driven it to D.C. and Bruce Willis is listening to. He says he's listening to news radio, which even that, <laughs> even those two words put together sounds very funny. Um, but he goes on this rant about how um, you're only meant to, you, you only hear what, you know, the corporate owned media wants you to hear and you're hearing this one narrative or whatever. And trust me, I've got all this data about how they make you think a certain way. And they make him try to sound like a kook a little bit, but I, there's definitely obviously a lot of truth. Um, and what he's saying there, but the the one line that stuck with me in particular is when Bruce Willis is saying sort of exasperatedly to him about um, how the government could possibly be taken over by these rogue hackers. He says, 
the government's got to have a dozen different departments dedicated to stopping this exact type of thing. And Justin Long, <laughs> takes, he, he takes a beat before he gets into the cab and goes, it took FEMA five days to get water to the Superdome. And I was like, damn, he's right. And that's like yeah. what's happening right this minute, you know? Yeah. 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 That's uh, that's rough. Yeah, you know, sometimes movies they sort of like show us what the real world is like. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Really holding up a mirror. Even movies from 2007. I I also found this movie uh, eerily prescient considering that whole uh, you know, Russian uh, cyber invasion that happened. <laughs> they basically did the same thing that Timothy Oliphant does here, you know, pretty much That's... took over the whole grid. Yep. One thing I I really enjoyed about this movie is all of the hackers, except maybe Tilly, Timothy Oliphant, who's maybe not even like really a hacker. All of the hackers are like dumpy looking white guys. Mm. Justin Long is the best looking and he's presented as sort of dumpy at first. Yeah. Um, and that includes uh, the man who plays Charlie's uncle, Uncle Jack in Always Sunny, is a hacker on the evil side who gets oh, kind of bullied right. by Timothy yeah. Oliphant, oh, okay. uh, which is very fun to see that guy again. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. But then just like the the sort of Timothy Oliphant bad guy hacker scenes where it's like a bunch of cool military guys, Timothy Oliphant and his, I don't remember what they call her, but Maggie Q in the movie. And then these like super nerdy hacker guys who look like, you know, they'd be milling around at GameStop or something. Yeah, I mean, they look like us, basically. So Yeah, yeah. I know that because I, I worked at a GameStop for a time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Maggie Q, I guess, was some kind of like mercenary, right? And that uh, he was also in love with because she's very yeah. good at fighting. Mercenary girlfriend. Again, this is the part that Which I wouldn't, cool. I maybe would have cut from the movie if I were Kevin Smith yeah. in charge of it is saying, it really leaning how heavily the, the I guess the only Asian character in the movie, how she's a ninja. I think maybe that part I would have. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I could have done without that part. Maybe, maybe, maybe even you could have called the white guy who's a ninja a ninja, like the guy who actually, yeah, who is also doing that stuff. Maybe you could have said he's a ninja just about if you have to say that anyone's a ninja at all. Maybe you say the white guy is also. You can be good at fighting without being a ninja. It's not the only yeah, kind of cool that's thing right. an Asian person can be. That's right. Yeah, but they can be a samurai. Yeah, you could be a samurai. Yeah, you could be a ronin. <laughs> didn't really have a samurai style, though. She wasn't, you know, didn't have that. True, didn't yeah, really fair. use a sword. Wasn't that stoic. They should have given her a sword. I would have been on board if they Surprised that they didn't, a cool yeah. A sword and some, like, cool armor? I'd be into that. Yeah. 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 We haven't really seen a lot of lady samurais in film, have we? That'd be, that'd be a cool I've choice. not. Yeah, I've not. There's a, uh, there's a plot point in this movie about um, Maggie Q's voice where it opens the movie with Justin Long being like, oh, you got a sexy voice, girl, and like yeah. kind of hitting on her. Which, when you think about it, if he's a hacker who never leaves his room, it's like maybe hearing a woman is a big deal for him. But she doesn't, she just sounds like a woman. She sounds like a she's normal not, lady. And then she sounds yeah, like be, a normal lady. Being able to pick it up people. after the fact is, I would know that voice anywhere. Like, would you? I wouldn't. I don't know. I noticed you're a lady, and uh, I'm getting a boner. <laughs> Yeah, there, there are now. There are people, and of course, women uh, are included in the group of people. I'm, I'm not afraid to say that. I think women are people, and I, I think there are people who have very noticeable voices. And I'm trying to think of like off the, who, who has a voice you could pick you. out anyone, huh? Your, your voice. You think so? Yes, absolutely. I recognized you right away when we started <laughs> talking. I was like, that's just that's Jesse Farrar. I know yeah, that that's, guy. I'm I'm trying to think of a woman who I would know like right I uh, here I uh, here's I would legitimately I legitimately believe this 
you could play Wanda Sykes from any oh, point, yeah. and I would say that's Wanda Sykes. Yes. I know exactly who that is. Um, also, yes. if, if Wanda Sykes played that part and Justin Long was like, oh, you got a sexy voice, that would be fun. It would be. That would be fun. And Wanda Sykes, like, beating the shit out of Bruce Willis, that would be fun. <laughs> Actually, awesome. that's a major improvement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the woman who plays, um, oh, my God, what's her name? The the like, Archer's, like, main girlfriend in Archer. Oh, yeah. Fuck, what is that lady's name? I can't. All the characters in Archer, all the women characters in Archer. Everybody honestly. in Archer has a very, yeah, yeah. A very recognizable voice. Yeah, I there agree with go. that. H. John Benjamin, there's another one. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows his voice. Yeah. Yep, yep. You know, I. it's funny <laughs> that, uh, Jesse, earlier you mentioned the kind of toxic father-daughter situation where he's overprotective. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because just uh, recently for a premium episode, we watched another Bruce Willis movie called Armageddon. And it has that like a million times exact worse same. because in that movie, he discovers his daughter, Liv Tyler, in bed with Ben Affleck and immediately gets out a shotgun and tries to murder uh, him. It's a that's, real... that's like that's how we're introduced <laughs> to all three characters is Bruce Willis trying to literally trying to murder Ben Affleck. And it's like this very funny moment. And, and they and they do the same uh, kind of dynamic where she calls him by his name. She calls him Harry instead of dad. And it's like the exact same emotional arc where the daughter <laughs> character is given the exact same level of, of personhood. The trope is not good. It's not good to see. Um, it was, I mean, it was obviously a lot more common in, from this time period. Armageddon was also almost 10 years earlier and also right. a much more ridiculous movie in general. So it f- felt a little well, more excusable even. It, I would say, is it that much more ridiculous? I Granted, it is very ridiculous, but is it that much more? It's an insane it movie. And absolutely. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, I, I, I loved it. I think I... If you revisited it, you'd probably enjoy it. It's it's pre- well, it's very it's very long though. Here's here's why I don't enjoy it. Um, and this is something I wanted to talk about with this movie as well. Is I I truly believe that Armageddon has one of the worst s- soundtracks, but specifically the song that identifies the movie. Mm-hmm. I I think it's one of the worst, my, one of my least favorite songs, and this film also has one of my least favorite songs that it identifies <laughs> itself with. And I, which one do you guys think is worse? So so for Armageddon, I'm talking about Don't Want to Miss a Thing, Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, like you said, Liv Tyler's in the movie, obvious synergy there. Who doesn't love that? Me. Written for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that song fucking sucks. It's I mean, Aerosmith is one of the worst bands of all time. I, I agree with that. Yeah, and I do not like look, Aerosmith. Look, whatever they do well, it's not ballads. So hearing that is so painful to me. Every time I hear it, I think of them like kissing on a big asteroid. It just fucking sucks. I don't <laughs> I don't care that that doesn't happen in the movie or the music video. That's what I think of. Their helmets are off. They're kissing on an asteroid. There's a big drill in the back. Awful, awful. And for this one, it's Fortunate Son, which is is such a it's, look it's a hack choice uh, the only the only movie i've ever thought has gotten away with it is the aforementioned King kong skull island um yes, which does it absolutely i think in a little bit of a winking type of way which is why yeah. it's permissible to me but just this type of song that's like hey do you want to think about an era well here's this song fortunate i mean we fucking get it you know and it's and and we heard it on the on with Trump and everything, and that makes it worse. But I just think it sucks as a song. Well, I guess it's a little bit like 
you know, uh, uh, there's supposed to be a little bit of humor at uh, John McClane's expense for being old. And I guess yeah. I hear that. I guess with that part, it just it sort of like connects for me because like he's basically my dad's age. And right. if I were in the car with my dad and Fortunate Son came on, my dad would be like, all right, love this song, you know? Yeah. And then and you would say you would reply right away. Haven't you ever heard of The Cure? That would be your natural yeah, yeah. repartee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, dad, you should dad, you should really check out uh, Smashing Pumpkins. That's that's real music. Ugh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> At the time I, I saw this movie, I my big thing was Weird Al Yankovic. So I'd have been like, come on, dad, you haven't heard of uh, White and Nerdy? Oh, yeah. Did, did Weird Al ever do a Fortunate Son take? Did he ever do any, like, Unfortunate Son? I don't believe so, no. I think he, like, that style of classic rock, I think he mostly dodged. The style that you wouldn't necessarily consider, like, as poppy as some other stuff. And you, what, why do you think that is? Just, sure. Can't see him really adapting that style, the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of gravelly vocals. I don't think that really would come naturally to him. Granted, you don't he's think a he has the chops? Though. He can... No, no, no. Yeah. it's not about the chops. He pulls off a wide range of styles, yeah. as we all know, throughout sure. his celebrated career. Of course. But I've just, I've never, never heard him attempt that particular sound. So I just don't know how that would go. Yeah, maybe he should try it. Maybe, he, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, the, I don't like Weird Al, but I think <laughs> maybe it's because he never did Unfortunate Son. I don't know. Maybe if he, he took a take on that. Because Fortunate Son has a message. So just turn that message on its head, you know, like. Well, but, but in, he, but in the song, he isn't the fortunate son. So That's if right. the song were called Unfortunate Son, would it then become a double negative? Yes. Where he is the fortunate son, and he's like, right. okay, so he's bragging about all the stuff he has, and he yeah. says, I ain't an unfortunate son. I think I mean look I don't want to give Weird Al notes I don't want to be presumptuous but I, that's how I would that's what I would do <laughs> no, no, sort no. of we, a, could, we could we could get ourselves some songwriting credits we could share some royalties <laughs> on this thing I think we we got an idea cooking yeah <laughs> so to bring it back to Live Free or Die Hard I do want to say I liked this movie mm -hmm. when I was ten and I saw it when Bruce Willis's character he's like Timothy Oliphant is holding him hostage pressing a gun to his shoulder. Come on, man. You should know better than that. Bruce Willis grabs his hand and shoots himself in the shoulder, but also shoots Timothy Elephant yeah. through his shoulder. When I was a kid, I was like, that's the coolest shit I've ever seen. This man just shot himself. Mm -hmm. That's so badass. Um, so that has stuck with me basically since then. That and, of course, the famous scene where Bruce Willis ramps a, heli ramps a car into a helicopter. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah. The, I think the on that part... I was always too focused on the yippee Kaye mother f gunshot, like right. where he all try almost says the MF word, but they have to cut it out because it's PG thirteen. It's like why don't you just leave out that stupid line? It makes no sense for him to say it there anyway. If you can't say the bad word, it sounds so stupid, and it's. <laughs> I don't know why he keeps repeating it. In the first movie, he said it in a context that made sense. They're talking about cowboys. Now he just likes to say that right before he kills a guy or something it's weird then and even now to this day i have not seen another diehard movie this is the only diehard movie i've seen wow um <laughs> it's the only one you need my friend you're you, you, you're all set <laughs> so that doesn't to me that's that doesn't bother me as much i just know that it's his catchphrase catchphrase and then I, when i saw it for the first time i didn't know that i didn't really understand what he was saying I didn't oh really wow care. Yeah, so you lose all the resonance with that line. Yeah, um, yeah, all the history. <laughs> damn. Yeah, the you you can't talk about this movie without talking about the huge action set pieces, which I think was very consciously 
an effort to to you know add something to the movie that is no longer an R-rated film with you know a mild amount of violence, a mild amount of language um, in the movie. You know, specifically where he does cut off his famous line for essentially no reason other than to avoid the. Although I don't know, I feel like you get a lot of those if they're not referring to sex specifically. Um, so I, I feel like. I think that the motherfucker is considered more vulgar than just the plain oh, f word yeah okay, so i think wow. that's i think they couldn't can't get away that with is that one correct yes um based on like fcc guidelines or but whatever. the so the 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 big the big funny parts the silly over-the-top action sequences the helicopter with the uh massive machine gun uh flying through i guess this is still dc at this point um and he gets him off his tail by running over a fire extinguisher and then the water going exactly the right height to knock the helicopter yeah, right. off its path, and the guy, the gunner falling out, is very funny. He did a um, quick uh, geometry equation there to make sure I mean, he nailed the yeah. angle. That's just that. I mean, we all laughed at that part. That was very silly. The yeah, the the car ramping into the helicopter is, I mean, mind-boggling. The 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 jet um, hovering in midair and destroying, yeah, and like spinning. Yeah, uh, doing the in, in the overpass, very cool. In a way that I truly don't know if that's real technology or not. I don't. Can jets do I think that? Now it is. I think with that was the really expensive jet they spent like several billion dollars on. I think that's why that was so expensive. Okay, but I don't know. For so sure. in that case, so he really could have like shot it with comments. a water gun and it would have fallen out of the sky because those jets are like sort of notorious for having a yeah, lot of yeah. like issues, right? That whole sequence was uh, very exciting for me because I was born and raised in Maryland. So those uh, loopy uh, highway uh, ramps around Baltimore are a very familiar landmark to me. And seeing them just get torn up and absolutely destroyed was <laughs> exciting for me then. And it is now as well. It's like, cool. I know that place and it's getting blown to pieces. That's so awesome. Yeah. We need a movie that takes down... <clears throat> that takes down the arch that needs to be that needs to happen that ted's a st louis boy i gotcha well that'd be really hard it would just be cool the jet would just go right through it sort of the ultimate defense i guess yeah. there was a guy who parachuted out of a plane and to land on the arch uh, i think i think illegally i don't think he was allowed to do it uh and the arch is a slope and he slid down and died which um not the least coolest way to die. A oh, cool way to die. That's too bad. Yeah, I would I would rather stay alive than do any of that stuff. Me too, but if I was going to. You <laughs> yeah, know. I guess if I was on my way out. But if you had to die, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what better way than the famous St. Louis Arch? Yeah, I guess that's true. Gateway to the West, gateway to my grave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I think not the best use of a jet. And of course, all this is made possible by... Um. Uh. The the bad the big bad guy calling in and impersonating an operator and saying, "Oh, there's a terrorist guy over there. Can you fly really close to him, like within shooting distance of him, with your big uh, ten billion dollar jet? Um, and use a gun and fire at him instead of just blowing up the whole thing from really far away. Um, and uh, and and that's uh, that's sort of their way of attacking Bruce Willis through a lot of this. It sort of reminds me of that movie. Did you guys ever see the um? The Shia LaBeouf movie where there's like Eagle a... Eye? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that piece of shit. 
That sucked. That sucked really <laughs> yeah. bad. But that's like that's like a is that an AI doing it or is it a person doing it? That's actually maybe a twist in the movie that maybe you shouldn't reveal. I don't know. Maybe yeah, that is supposed to be some kind of NSA spying on everything, controlling everything situation. But I if I believe there is some twist that I don't even remember at the end. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, but all of that in service of. And, I, and you should make the point, what are they actually attempting to do here? And the answer to that is, I don't know. I don't follow what, because in the other Die Hard movies, which you said you haven't seen, the other Die Hard movies are fairly straightforward, right? So in the third one, um, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're making it look like they're stealing the gold from Fort Knox, but they're actually stealing, they're, they're hacking Wall Street. What are they doing in the third one? I, uh, something like that. I haven't seen it in a while, but that sounds right. Yeah. And then in this, they're, second... they're pretending to steal one thing, but the, well, actually, I think the main thing is for Simon wants to get revenge on John McClane for killing That's... his brother in the first movie. That's but I feel right. like they did really steal the gold, didn't they? They were taking, they took the gold out in the dump trucks, but I remember there is a scene where they break it down where he's like, Oh, you think that's what we were going for? Like Fort Knox doesn't even have all of the gold or whatever. And then I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's saying something. And so maybe as I'm saying this, it's actually not clear what any of the bad guys were doing in any of the movies. <laughs> but this one, I think, is even less clear. First one, it's perfectly clear. He's pretending to be terrorists, but they're actually just stealing all the bear bonds. Pretty, pretty simple. There's one twist. Everybody, buddy gets the point. But bearer bonds? That's like the big prize? Does that Well, it's, track it's for you? a lot of money. It's like uh, $6 million or something. <laughs> yeah, I guess. A lot of money back then, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I believe in this movie, Timothy Oliphant is trying to prove to the government that they weren't, because he used to work for the government. Right. And he would he already did design that. the stuff. He already proved it to them, and he then did. they like, fired him. Well,. Of course, he went he went psycho because he was like, you can't crucify me. They keep saying that they crucified him, yeah. which is weird. They know. say that a bunch of times. Cancel culture, like, yeah. What is this? Is like, are they trying to imply something like religious here? I don't, why the crucify word? Anyway, and so then he's just like, you can see like Bruce was like, you already proved it, man. And then he's like, but shouldn't I get paid or whatever? Yeah. So, but that's what the, the, there's like. Like three quarters through the movie, like even closer to the end, maybe than this, all of the big government guys are in a room and they're like, what is he doing? And now I'm I'm sitting up and my ears are forward. I'm really getting ready to hear what it is that he's actually doing. And that's when they say, after 9-11, we built a fail safe um, in this secure data facility where we have a bunch of spinning platter hard drives um, where we download <laughs> all of and they say the financial data and corporate records onto these uh, files. And then what, they, what they're what they speculating he's doing is he's going and capturing that data um, via probably like a SATA 1.0 uh, cord and downloading it to his <laughs> uh, briefcase full of hard drives and then possibly erasing it. But they speculate, well... He could keep all of the money and be very rich and will have no way of tracing it, which I don't know that that makes any sense. Or he could be wiping all of it and send us send us back to the Stone Age, at which point all of the money he pilfered would be worthless, I'm thinking, because it's, I mean, I, again, I don't want to sound like a big libertarian guy, but it's like, that's fiat currency. It's just like numbers on a thing. Like, is that, yeah. is that worthwhile to him when no one has any concept of what value is anymore because you uh, erased a 5,400 RPM hard drive? 
Maybe that's his point. He's the ultimate, like, Anprim but libertarian style. He just wants to get rid of money and go back to trading, yeah. but with hackers. He he def- he wants, like, to destroy society, I guess. Because if he just wanted money, it sounds like he could just go click-clack, put $100 million in his bank account. Like, no yeah. problem, right? Yeah, and, and bribes McLean with that very thing at one point. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's about getting revenge on the government for not recognizing that the thing that he wants to do to them could happen. Right. And in the process, creating a new society where his his impressive skills are instantly devalued. (laughs) So he has no place in society anymore as a computer guy, as he destroys the infrastructure (laughs) of the world, which is built on computers. So I don't know. I maybe I wouldn't do that. But that or maybe he's the only guy with a computer. Right. So, (sighs) you know, land of the blind man with one eye is king. You know, detonate all the other computers in the world, and then he has the best computer, and he's the <laughs> computer king. I yeah, I'm not. I guess I don't know. But I the one thing that the one thing for me that I I thought was that this movie, and I think maybe all of the Die Hard movies, depend on this extremely unlikely scenario of bad guys acting perfectly rationally and good guys acting completely irrationally. So they turn the dynamic on its head, and I think for for a while, that's why these movies work, is because McLean is the 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 total archetype of the hotshot cop with nothing to lose, or at least acting like he has nothing to lose. And that makes the bad guys go nuts, because they are very analytic, and they are making these decisions based on, you know, pure rationality. So, throughout the movie, he's he's got uh, McLean's daughter, and then later Justin Long, sort of his buddy and, like, helper in the movie, hostage. And they're like daring him to kill them. Um, and he doesn't do it because he's like, yeah, you're right. I need a bargaining chip. But if he's a real bad guy, I mean, nobody makes rational decisions 100% of the time. He, why didn't he just kill them? Because he's playing by a set of rules that McLean doesn't have to play by. And that's why he wins every time. And like once you see those strings of like, wow, you know, the bad guy could just get really mad and make a bad decision, and then all of this is instantly over. It sort of takes the fun away from it for me, you know? If if, if for, like, some reason we had learned that Timothy Oliphant is, like, hesitant to kill anybody, then it'd be like, okay. But he's killed, like, millions of people. Including his point. own guys. Yeah, yeah, his own guys. Just random hackers. Yeah. Just bombing, like, houses and stuff. Right. Also, like a bunch of random motorists who we don't see die, but clearly they did. Right. Uh, Well, I I think that uh, part of the problem here is that they're basically just trying to reformulate certain plot points from the original Die Hard Mm -hmm. without necessarily justifying them. Like, you get the situation, like, in Die Hard when he just... He uh, has, uh, you know, his wife hostage and that's like the setup to the final conflict. And then it's the same thing with his daughter. But also that part of the movie goes on a long time and it does get weird that he doesn't just kill her. And uh, the whole. Yeah. And it's. um, Yeah. Yeah. Like without really considering like the logic of like the characters and the plot that hard, they're trying to like of remind you of the original movie but like a bigger version of it in a way i think yeah for sure well i i think we really basted that turkey what do you guys think do we have any more (laughs) uh, nits to pick here 
I, not really. Yeah. I still didn't hate it, honestly. I just, I like Justin Long a lot. I was kind of bored for most of it. I got excited during yeah. the big highway scene again, because like I said, you know, I know I know those freaking overpasses. There. That's that's my neighborhood. That's my turf. But yeah, uh, mostly thrill. I found it kind of boring and not that interesting. I guess my one regret for, for the purposes of this episode is that there's not that much Kevin influence in it. I mean, he does... Yeah. For his scenes, of course, it's apparent that he was like the only guy working on any of that stuff. Um, and maybe he had some input into how loud the beeps are on the the <laughs> keyboards or whatever. Uh, <laughs> no one else seems to have any. No one else seems to have any like respect or understanding of that that type like technology in general. It seems to be completely dispensed with, which is funny given you know how. Uh, important it is to the entire film um but yeah there's not i guess there's just not a lot of his there's not a lot of his fingerprints on this that i could tell i don't know but i have not i've not been exposed to the entire well uh, that's uh, that's fine with us we kind of uh like to yeah. take a break from doing stuff that's we've Kevin been through so we don't a lot of kevin stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure i understand that well, if you if if you if you wanted some more Kevin content, you're in luck because the last thing we have oh, to do God. here is a little segment that we call Kevin's Receipts, where we find some of his <laughs> very best online posts. And this was one from a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago that uh, I couldn't pass up. If you're familiar with Seth Abramson, the RussiaGate guy who does like 200 tweet threads about whatever bullshit, uh, he was trending for some reason a couple weeks ago. And um, Kevin had apparently bookmarked an almost year old tweet of his. <laughs> he was reviewing movies and said and gave a do not watch rating to James Silent Bob reboot. <laughs> Kevin Smith took that opportunity to quote tweet that year old post and say, since he's trending, it hurt my film feelings when at Seth Abramson tweeted that nobody should watch James Silent Bob reboot. True, the movie may not be as good as Bombshell, but in the wake of my heart attack, I was trying to make a sweet flick about what it means to be a dad. Seth Abramson Ugh. responded, Kevin, I, he, it's funny because Seth immediately starts like groveling to him. Yeah, Kevin, I like yeah, so rough. many, I like so many of your films. I just didn't care for that one. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to diminish your talent, which is significant and has brought me, brought me personally enormous joy over the years. Uh, Kevin quote tweeted again, said, respect for the response, sir, but there's a difference between I didn't care for that one and do not want, he's still being a fucking prick about it. There's a difference between I didn't care for that one and do not watch. One is an opinion. The other is actively trying to dissuade people from buying my quote art. Even if you, even if I didn't like your work and I do, never go after your wallet Seth says that's a fair point Kevin as an artist myself former poet I make it a habit to say <laughs> what I like or do not but not to tell other people what I think they should do I retract saying people shouldn't watch that film they should do so and decide for themselves you deserve that now isn't that nice that a happy ending Kevin and Seth Abramson worked out their differences how are Kevin how are you a former poet Kevin was holding on to that grievance for months and months, waiting for the right time to pull it out. And Seth immediately groveled at his feet and apologized. So it all worked out in the end. I I don't know who who comes off looking worse in that exchange. I mean, they're both pathetic. I don't want to look at either Just one. Just a but... couple a couple of little worms <laughs> having a wormy little exchange. Yeah, 
I think calling yourself a former poet is like yeah. maybe one of the worst. How tests. can you be a what, former poet? You forget poet? how to write. You forget your letters, dude. Come I, on. I mean, maybe you used to write poetry, but in my opinion, being a poet is just something that you are. <laughs> it's in your blood. It's in your soul. Right? It's a lifetime <laughs> but, vocation, no matter what. But Kevin Smith quote tweeted and addressed some dork as sir. That's pretty yeah. bad. Also. Oh no, no. So oh, he Kevin loves to Kevin Lore. Yeah, yeah. Sir is sir. almost sort of. It, it's it's very. It's like fuck. It's right. he has so many different uses for it. But I I believe in this instance, it's almost derogatory oh. the way he uses wow. it because that is a a pretty common thing. No about him. that. I th I think he calls people sir by default. <clears throat> Excuse me. He maybe defaults Ooh, to sounding respectful. Hey, hey! I'm going through some changes here. <laughs> he might, he might, he might default to like being slightly respectful of people just to hide his fucking, you know, uh, a vindictive rage that's just burning yeah. inside him all the time because he secretly just resents anyone with any success, and especially people that make fun of his movies. Right? Yeah. You know, as somebody who was recently quote tweeted by a famous guy from like a year in the past, um, I. I will say it's a weird feeling. Um, Adam Carolla did that to me. He went back into uh -oh. the he went back into the mentions from probably I don't know maybe it wasn't a full year like maybe six months ago or whatever it was. Um, one of his nasty posts about how teachers are uh, lazy and cops are really good. Um, and <laughs> and and quote tweeted me um, something to the I was making fun of him for. I, I was sarcastically praising him as a hero for spending millions of dollars at car auctions every year. And, uh, you know, you hey, you got to give it up to the ace man when he gets one in on you. He quote tweeted me, uh, like I said, about eight months later and said, not every year, which definitely hits uh, <laughs> very good. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Only took him a couple of seasons to come up with that one. He spent, he yeah. spent all quarantine just racking his mind for the perfect comeback. <laughs> Yeah, so that, you know, uh, you know, I sympathize. I guess I sympathize with Seth Abramson there. You know, it, it does it does feel unfair. I thought we had buried this. You know, I thought... Put him in, put him in the hot seat. That's right. I, I, I thought this was behind us. I thought we were moving on as gentlemen and scholars. And, you know, he <laughs> he, he dug up this, this old wound, you know, and then I had to go... I felt like I was I was going through it all over again. It was tough to, tough to see him stoop to that level. But, I'm sorry for that. You know, that's the kind of guys they are, you know. That's hard. You think you know a guy like Adam Carolla, but right. you know, he'll surprise you. Right. No honor among thieves. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, folks. That was Kevin on Live For Your Die Hard. Uh, do you have anything to plug, Jesse? Yeah, like you guys mentioned, um, YKS. Uh, we're doing Jessuary on YKS Premium, but uh, if you don't if you don't care for movie stuff, just the just the classic free Kickstarter edition of YKS. Every week, gonna record some of it. Uh, later this afternoon, as we speak, actually. So I'll be dipping back into the world of bullshit once again and seeing what else, what other crap is out there. Um, and uh, and I'm actually sort of an IT nerd uh, myself as well. I have a video game stream that I do with my friends Rob and Stefan, and uh, uh, we do that. Uh, go off kings. The go off king stream on Excellent Twitch. Stream. Yeah, and we'll uh, we're we're coming to you from our man caves. You know, five nights a week or whatever on there and. You know, just beeping and booping and CD-ROM drives and and hard hard disks and data and you know all this kind of great stuff. So you know, check that out. 
and uh, definitely check out Good Morning and Good, Good Morning, Good Morning on Stitcher Premium. It's right. hilarious. If Thank you're you. a YKS fan, which you probably are, if you're listening to this, you should definitely check that out. It's worth at least signing up for the free trial. It's a really yep. bizarre and funny <laughs> uh, uh, program. I w- wasn't expecting it to go in the weird directions that it did. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it got pretty crazy. Thank you. Thanks, thanks so much for coming on the show, Jesse. It was really great to talk to you. Appreciate it, guys. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. All right. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Later. <laughs>